Hello and welcome back to Turf Talk. It is Gold Cup Day. The Cheltenham Festival is finally over, but we've got the big one to get through first. And speaking of big ones, here's James Watson. Hello. How are we all? Uh, hopefully by now we've uh, provided plenty of winners throughout the week. Lewis, you're very happy with that introduction, I can tell. Uh, I didn't even write it, I just came up with it then. I'm, I'm so <laughs> amused. The, the Gold Cup this year looks absolutely wide open, as does most of the racing on the Friday. And hopefully our guest will be very helpful in pointing us in the right direction to a few winners. Yeah, well, in the modern day saturated market of Cheltenham Festival preview podcast, we thought... How do we innovate? How do we move forward? How do we stand out from the crowd? And then we thought, we could just see what Matt Rennie's doing again. Uh, Matt, how are we, mate? Hello, hello. Is this day four or five in the future now? We're nearly there. <laughs> Great, the five-day festival is what everyone wants, isn't it? Everyone just wants to hear another day of a podcast. Love it. Oh, no. Oh, no. That, that, that'll, that'll be the end of it for me. It won't be the dilution of quality. It'll be just another few hours off my life, sat in my room, having to talk about Willie Mullins' novice as rated one three seven. I don't I don't I don't really care anymore by the by the end by the Martin Pipe I've stopped caring and I'm in Midlands national mode. <laughs> no, we we are looking forward to it in all seriousness. Uh some good punting opportunities on the Friday of the festival this year as well. And they start with the Triumph Hurdle. And they currently bet for that Vauban seven to four to turn the tables on Pied Piper at five to two. Six is Fildor, eleven's Porticello, twelve's Icare Allen and Ilate Tom. Same price night salute, fourteen's Doctor Barnas, twenties Teddy Blue, and thirty three to one bar them. Uh Mr James Watson, I'll come to you first here, mate. <sighs> tricky. Very, very tricky. And um it's nothing original, but of course, Verbon heads the heads the field, and and he's probably where I'd be signing to in comparison to Pied Piper at the minute. Um, I thought he ran okay at Punchestown, went behind Pied Piper. Um, probably a, a few too many errors cost him that day, and Pied Piper was in a rhythm out in front, and he just couldn't get to him close home. Um, then we went and saw Pied Piper absolutely bolt up in that race uh, at Jelen Trials in the Grade Two. Uh, beat a, a, a rubbish field by a very long way on the bridle and I, I, Pied, Pied, there's something about Pied Piper for me and I know he won so comfortably last time but maybe it's the fact I've been mugged off so many times by him on the flat judging by I thought he was actually going to be a, a pretty decent flat horse I know he did achieve a peak of 90 on the flat but I just felt he, he was a little ungenuine under pressure sometimes and last time out he didn't even have to be under pressure. He just cruised throughout the race. And I know he didn't show any of that tendencies when having his debut over hurdles at Punchestown. But I'm, I'm just not quite fully sold on him yet. And I quite like to see him be put in a proper race, which we saw of a bond running last time out at Leopardstown uh, in the Spring Juvenile Hurdle. He got beat by a beat Phil Dart and Ilya Thompson. Some nice horses in behind as well. The tide turns, he will be going for the Boodles and Icare Allen. Um, he cruised into the race nicely. His jumping was a little bit better, but there was a, there was a mistake at four out. Um, and he stayed on strongly to beat Phil Dor, who was touted quite a short price favourite for this race for for a while. And also looking like he might be going here. Um, but I really like what he did. He, he had um, four runs on the flat. Two of them were wins in France. 
Um, of course, I don't know French form as well as uh, as others, but um, solid performances in what you want in a juvenile over a mile and four. And uh, any softness underfoot would be very helpful for him. Judging looking at his form in France, the wind's on heavy and soft, and uh, his performances over in Ireland have been on on softish ground enough. So um, he doesn't represent much value at seven to four for me in a, in a race that's a, almost a coin toss between the two at the head of the market for me. Um, but I think he's the more likely winner out of the two. Fair enough, mate. Mark, you with Jim on that? No, I'm leaning more towards Pied Piper at this stage than I am Boban. Um, and it's, it, I think that's a fair reflection of how good the first two could could actually be. That it's, you're right, it's just literally a coin toss. But um, just the, you know, the performance the last day, I know, I know. Jimbo's right, he didn't beat that much, but there has been a winner from his form in that race. But the way he did it, just up the hill, he just he just absolutely cancelled in cruise. I think, I can't remember if I tweeted it or not, but I was speaking to a lot more people and they're saying that that's, uh, they've not seen a performance like that on the new course since our Connor did the business in the triumph itself. Um, and you know, that's sort of, that's a, it's a lofty thing to say at this stage, but I was just sort of so taken by him and we've seen sort of Useful flat performance, you know, Pentland Hills was okay on the flat. Burning Victory was, has also been half decent on the flat before I've come out and, and won this race since. But, you know, it's also the, as a trial, it's got a moderate, moderate record, you know, Deputy Soy, I think was the, the last one to, to do the double. But I was just so taken by him last time in from a horse perspective that I just think, you know, this course and distance will probably bring out the best of him. Leopardstown, you know, Vauban was, was very impressive. I was a, a really impressed. Just what, I watched the replay a couple of hours ago, and it was, it was, you know, he, he hardly, Tamman could hardly take him off the bridle, he, and he was still showing signs of greenness when he was going right away from from Phil Door. But I just didn't think. I know they're both left-handed and they're both undulating, but Cheltenham, two mile one furlong on the new course is still a different kettle of fish to to the Leopardstown courses, both both on the inner and the outer as well. It's just not as sort of it's not not as stiff as, as as they'll face. It's again, it's a coin toss, but Pied Piper for me. Fieldor set a good standard of juveniles for the first half of the season. Was I thought was quite found out last time. Really, um, I don't think the British juveniles are going to be up to Vauban's or Pied Piper's standard. Even though it'd be, it would be good to see Knight Salute run a run a stormer because he's done nothing wrong all season and just continues to improve. Um, and just an each way chance, best price 12 to 1 would be Elite Thompson for me. Um, he strikes me as similar to what Willie had in the race last year that was third. Is it Hoyt and Colors? I didn't really want to butcher that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Similar to that. And that was, you know, to run third in a grade one behind, behind Vauban at his price, only beaten five and three quarters lengths in the end. And was, was staying on, but was no match. You know, he's not had a terrific run on his on his Irish and jumps debut in this in in this air in this sphere. So I wouldn't be surprised if he runs a big race. Really, I don't think he'll be. I don't think he'll be weakening at the finish. And you know, twelve to one might be a bit sort of. He could be going ten to one on the day, really. But I think the Irish form wise are, are miles clear. Um, it'd be Pied Piper for me. Yeah, I, I completely agree, Matt, with LA Tom. I think I, that was very eye-catching last time. If he learns to settle 
uh, a little bit better than what he did last time out, and he's jumping just brushed up a little bit more. I think I think he could be slightly overpriced at twelve. I I'd rather have him than possibly Porticello at a little bit shorter price of the English, and I do think the Irish have got strong hold in this. No, I wouldn't disagree with that, mate. Uh, I wouldn't disagree with that on LSA Tomp in terms of you know getting twelves about him overnight salute and Porticello at similar prices. Uh, of of the big two, I'm a Pies Piper man as well. Just I was just so so struck by how easily he went up. Like he, it was a Mickey Mouse race, but he was he was hard held, and you know there, there was there was a minimal amount between himself and Vauban on their first meeting. Uh, Pied Piper more fluent over the last couple, and that probably won him the race. But there's, there's there's no reason to say he's not going to step forward from that as Vauban did uh, in the spring juvenile. You know that that was really impressive with how quickly Vauban was able to settle the race and put it to bed. But I don't think he. Well, maybe he wasn't. He didn't have to be fully extended, but he wasn't. I don't. I never felt he was clearing away from Fildor. He got his margin and then maintained it. And I I just kind of think there's there's. It, on, on this, it's just kind of gut feeling, isn't it? And it sounds silly to have the gut feeling against the Rich Richie Willie Mullins listed winning horse from France. You know, that's the sort of profile that your gut, your gut should be telling you wins the wins the triumph. But you're just kind of going off the visuals, aren't you? And I've 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 been more impressed by Pied Piper. Uh, Having having beaten him, I, I think he's probably a quicker horse than Vauban. At the trip, obviously Vauban was probably a superior performer on the flat, but I, I can kind of see I can already see Vauban getting two and a half. Whereas I'm not sure whether Pied Piper, if he's able to career up the hill that way, whether whether Vauban might have to be scrubbed along. Uh, to try and get close to him, and he might he might be good enough to go past. That's kind of how I envisage the race the race going. It is not a strongly held opinion, though. Uh, as as the lads have already said, I kind of treat it as a bit of a coin toss, and I am so worried because I could absolutely guarantee that whoever I back will get beat by the other one. It's just, got, it's just got that that sort of feeling about it, and that I, I, I'm not looking forward to it because I know I'll lose. Uh, Phil Dor is a a cracking horse, but he I can't really see him turning the tables on Duvan. I know the finish at Cheltenham on Duvan, crap, Duvan, Vauban, sorry, yeah. ask that one. Yeah, yeah, we missed that. That that was on Mullins' gallops. That one. Uh, <laughs> No, he won't. He replaced Trent by God. <laughs> oh no! What am I saying? You see, I'm I'm so confused by this race that I, that I think Duvan's still in training, and I forgot who trained Phil Dor. That's how that's how much it's blagged my head. Uh, my point is just he's a nice horse, but he's more of a stayer than the other two. This race is won by stayers, obviously, but it's bad. Probably, probably not. Probably not by stayers up against the caliber of Pied Piper and Vauban. I was about to say, can they can bookmakers refrain from putting any of them in the champion hurdle market for 2023? Because these are stayers. 
and putting him in as short as eight to one. Yeah, just just leave him out for a bit. You know, let's get over this Cheltenham first. Who knows? On the fifth day next year, they might have a two and a half mile conditions race for second season, not second season hurdlers. <laughs> look, look, we could have Gorshin running in the national in years to come. Oh God. Oh no, no. I'd, I'd rather even, even just the thought, like, even just a mention of it, Jim, turns me away from from everything really. Uh, Pie Piper for me though, mate, and for Matt. Yep, definitely Pie Piper for me. And v- Vorbon for Jim. Vorbon for me, and and Rich Richie's luscious locks will be blowing in the wind as he celebrates in the winners' enclosure. <laughs> we'll enjoy that, mate. We'll enjoy that if it happens. Up next then is the county hurdle. Uh, if I was confused about the triumph, wait till you hear me try and talk about this. Uh, <laughs> State man is five to one to beat top bandit who's seven to one. West Cork eight, echoes in rain tens. I like to move it twelves, fourteens. Adamantly chosen Colonel Mustard, far out. My mate Mozzie, Quilixios, slip of the tongue, the devil's coachman, and sixteen to one for any harm in asking. Balco Coastal, Carrera. Cormier, Deploy the Getaway, First Street, Jesse Evans, Magic Tricks, Party Central, Shall We Have One More, Tritonic, and Call Me Maybe, owned and trained by Carly Ray Jepsen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boys, I'll throw this over to you first, Matt. Who do you fancy for the county hurdle? Well, I was going to say, first of all, well done for actually not taking a breather halfway through that when you're rattling through the price. That was, uh, that was Simon Holt-esque sort of commentary, that. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, well, again, this obviously we're, we're still as we're recording a, a little bit of a way out. We don't actually know who's going to turn up yet. Um, for yeah, me, I'm the shop going to run here. Oh, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> who, who knows? But you know, one for me, I, I can't. I was trying to dissect it earlier this week. Actually, I was on train journey, and because and then I was just trying to work out what horse do you need to win a county hurdle. I think you need that sort of that that, that a little bit of, that they've got a bit of grade one quality about them, as we saw with Belfast Banter last year and Arctic Fire as well. And then sometimes you just need that sort of useful handicapper, and it's just sort of played on my mind really between the two. I mean, I think if she comes here and goes here, Echoes in Rain could have a big chance. I thought that was a far better run behind Honeysuckle than she's been showing previously last time out and I think she starts to come to her hand at this time of the year she rattled off the three-timer in, in graded company culminated with a grade one victory at Punchestown last spring you know we, it's obvious she's a bit of a can be a bit of a free goer sometimes given she wears the hood and a, a strong pace in a county would really help her you know it would settle within come with hopefully a rattling run at, at, at the end. A mark of 149 is asking asking questions, but this is probably the sort of horse you need now to win a county hurdle. If you look at the quality it is over, as, it, as it's been over the last 10 years, is you, you do get graded performers coming into this race and winning it now. Um, so if they go there, and I plead with Willie Mines, go here instead of that stupid mare's race on the first day. But I don't know if that's going to happen, and it probably won't happen. So apart from that, I also really, really fancy I like to move it. And I don't think I've hidden it's a horse I've admired since the start of the season, really. And uh, I bloody love it when Nigel Twist and Davy gets plans coming off or nearly gets them coming off like last time. And I was uh, gutted 
really that he got beat in the Betfair hurdle. But I think he's he's capable of far more for just four pounds higher than than for that. He's going to get in the race and he might even be towards the bottom of the weight if you're lucky. And we know he loves the track as well with his well the old course, especially with his two wins there. But as he's gone on throughout the season, he and, and as as he raced last time, he struck me more as a you know once the two mile one will be more of his optimum and he'll be a stair in time. Half a furlong extra Newbury, he'd have won the Betfair Trophy. There's there's no doubt about it. And I think he could be quite well in in a race like the county, and it, it may just be what he wants as well because he could be slightly keen as well. And you know, his his wins to two wins at the track early in the year came when he he was having to make his own run, and it was really against him. And I just I think he's a proper proper horse. And if, if Echoes in Rain goes here, I, I might be swayed towards her, but he's certainly going this way because them. Twisted Sam Twiston Davies spoke to as a shameless plug, spoke to the Racing Post for the Wing Cancer report on uh, on Thursday the tenth and, and said that he, I like to move it's going to the county and I think that's the best move they could have done instead of going to the Supreme. I think he's got a hell of a chance of winning this. I like it, Matt, because he was top of my shortlist as well. I like to move it. Uh I can't really add too much more than what you than what you've done. He just looks like a horse who could still be well handicapped. I think he's one, one, four, two. Look, if you take out the kennel gate, which again was the silliest race of the season, he's been utterly flawless this this year. Yeah, you think he, he's had a lot of the races, even that he'd won, he hasn't had it run to suit him, and he's still doing incredibly well. You know, he strikes me as one of them. Almost slightly a bit better than Belfast Banter, who could win this and then go on to Aintree's meetings and land the Grade One there, whether that be over two or two and a half miles. Yeah, completely. Look, he was my uh, when we did our Betfair hurdle hurdle preview. I said I said to Jimmy uh, that my favourite, I'd like to move it, would finish placed in the Betfair hurdle and then win the Coral Cup. Uh, I'd already be confident he'll get two and a half miles. You know, he's he'll be a strong stayer over over 2-1 that the county's run over just just a pace to aim at and let him fly at him he's my main selection in the race as well mate which means I'm currently down as having Nigel Twiston Davies having more handicap winners at the festival than Willie Mullins <laughs> or something we'd love to see uh, Jim before I talk about my my the other horses on my shortlist who's your main fancy well, it's interesting that that Matt talks about Echoes in Rain because my horse links with that. And it's the second season novice hurdler in Colonel Mustard. Uh, I can't believe that the handicapper kept uh, kept him in off a mark of 140. Uh, he ran well behind John Bon uh, in the kennel gate in a race that really didn't suit him. He was slightly keen uh, and never really got a chance to settle. And he, he ran on beating Napper's Hill, LA Bell, and I like to move it. Um, he then went on to Leopardstown at the Dublin Racing Festival and finished behind Sir Gerhard. Um I was possibly a, a little bit disappointed with that, but I, I don't think it'll be a bad run overall. Uh, and if Sir Gerhard wins the, whatever race he goes for, that, that will obviously be a, a form boost, and likewise with John Bond. Um, but the mark of 140, I think, is more than fair for a horse. Well, very, very generous by the handicapper um, for a horse that, that's finished second behind Echoes in Rain and third last season in graded races. Um, 
got the experience, a quick, well-run handicap is something that I think he's been wanting for for a while, and that's certainly what he's going to get here. And off this mark, I think it's it's a point-and-shoot almost for Colonel Mustard, in my opinion. Um, it's this on the Ballymore, and I'd be very disappointed if they don't go here. Uh, Echoes in Rain has to give a ten pound, uh, has to give him ten pounds, and um, on that form from last year, he'd have the beating, he'd have the beating of Echoes in Rain, who is like Matt made a very good case for, and I agree, another one that will enjoy a well-run two-mile handicap. Um, but at the weights, I thought Colonel Mustard was absolutely fascinating. I can see that, mate. It's a fair look. I said it's a very, very similar profile to. I like to move it really. You know, even though we've seen I like to move it in a handicap last time out, Colonel Mustard brings that sort of novice, good novice form without being close to top class. That that means he's on a, a fairly workable mark in a handicap. I I wouldn't argue with that at all. The other ones I'd give half a mention to. I think Westcourt short enough, but I think he can. I can see him going well at eight to one. Greatwood hurdle winner, not disgracing the Betfair Exchange Trophy last time out, freshened up for this. Possibly more to come from him in this sphere as a handicap hurdler. He's still with seven pounds above for winning the Betfair. Sorry for for winning the Greatwood, and I don't think that was a poor renewal of that this season. He did suffer an overreach as well at Ascot, so that that's possibly part of the reason why we've not seen him since, but. He looked like a hurdler going the right way, and I'd give him another chance from this mark. Obviously, Stateman tops the betting, but we don't know exactly where he's turning up, and there's <laughs> there's not much more to say about him than he could be anything. We'll probably do a bit more talking about him in relation to the Martin Pipe. Uh, top bandit, long-term anti-post favourite for this, is has been on an absolute roll in Ireland. We've not seen him in the second half of the season. Uh, one at Cheltenham from Brawson and Jetoile in a maiden over in October. Again, he's another one who looks like a potential lurker on an opening mark of one three nine. Uh don't think don't think he's won good races over the last twice. The maiden hurdle was probably better than uh, either of the novices he's, he's gone on to gone on to win in Ireland and that's just kind of enough to make me happy enough to, to pass past him. Uh, in terms of his position in the betting for this. Maybe if he were a, a little bit more of a dark horse, but he's he's very, very well found, and I don't think there's too much substance to, to either of his last runs. One of the other ones I'd give a mention to as well, he's very much in that sort of a unexposed novice profile, and it is the J.P. McManus horse, slip of the tongue, trade by Padraig Roach. Uh, what, a, what a listed event... At Punchestown last time, I think Adam Adam Webb made the case for him on our Wednesday preview. But if you didn't, if you didn't listen to that, look, I'm not gonna. Uh, if you listen to that, I'm not gonna say anything new. But if you didn't, I I, I agree with almost everything. Was very very cosy in beating Deploy the Getaway, and awful on. That's not not poor form, and he was he had much more in hand than the final margin suggested of three three quarters of a length. Bungled the last completely, bulldozed his way through it, lost all momentum, still had enough in the tank to keep going and see off of, uh, deploy the getaway, who may turn up here as well. <laughs> Opening mark one for one again. That's that's one way you look at and you think yeah he he could be much better than that. 
we're all kind of with horses of similar profiles, though. Is there anything else you'd like to bring up, Matt? Yeah, uh, my mate Mozzie, I think he could be, you know, dangerously handicapped, as he essentially should be a grade one winner already. Um, he'd have won, I'm pretty confident he'd have won the Royal Bond had he not chewed the last. Um, and I don't think it could be one. Get Darrow Keith, I want to look, look back on too fondly. And it was just too bad to be true last time. He could still be, you know, a, a classy horse. And one for one is for, for what essentially should be is a grade one winner in earnest. Might just be sort of lurking in the handicaps as well. And yeah, it, it, for me, it'll be another one. The Irish will probably hose up. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I was actually worried uh, how many of the British contenders I kind of liked for this race. Scared me. Uh, I like to move it the main selection for me. Is it for you as well, Matt? I am going to guess. I like to move it. Yes, definitely. And Jim? Colonel Mustard for me. I can see it, mate. I can see it. Closely matched horses, to be fair. Very similar types. So I like that we're all in some sort of agreement on the county hurdle. Moving on to the 250, the Albert Bartlett Novices Hurdle, registered as the Spa, known as the Spud Race. They currently bet after Minella Crooner's heartbreaking defection. Uh, as I said, on only two days ago, the nap of the festival, and by the time I get around to talking about his race, he's not even going to turn up. Oh, we've ruined everything. Hillcrest is 3-1. to one. Jinto is 7-2. to two. We called him slow when we were talking about the Ballymore, and it turns out he might end up in over three miles. Journey with me is 13-2, to two, likely to go here. Minello Kakuna is 7-1. to one. Has he been pulled out of the Ballymore? I, I think I read. I can have a look for you now if you want, mate. We'll have confirmation from Matt Rennie after I backed him for the Ballymore again <laughs> two days ago. Uh, Bardenstown lad is 8-1, to one, same price as the nice guy. Nines, Chantras, Tens, Hollow Games, Twelves, Staghorn, Sixteens, Falcon 8 and Ramallies, and what do you want? And then 20 to 1, Bally Griffin Cottage. Come on, Bally lad! And classic getaway. Uh, Jim, I'll come over to you, uh, to you first, because you may have done some actual research on this race. I've just sat crying about the crooner. <laughs> I wouldn't say I've, I've done research. There's a, there's a horse that heads the market in Hillcrest that I've been a bit of a fan, on, fan of since... His, his debut win at Weatherby. Um, you look at that that bumper that he ran in, and he, he had no idea what he's doing. He's a big awkward git who didn't have a clue about racing. Um, he then ran at Weatherby in a bumper and and just got up late on. He was very very green once again. Uh, didn't have a clue what he was doing. He went on to to Aintree and won a nice race. The second, the third, uh, the fifth. I've all come out on one since, um, and I've been banging on about him for a, for a hell of a long time, going, this horse is, this is a nice one. And have I had a single anti-post bet on him at a, a big price? He was 66s for the Albert Bartlett after he won at Aintree, and I did not have a penny on. Um, he's done nothing but improve. He won the Ballymore trial on New Year's Day. Um, Richard Patrick, um, was unseated aboard him uh, in my Tipstar entrance, uh, entrant uh, in the other Ballymore Novice Hurdle at Cheltenham in January. Um, 
but he he won the prestige pretty impressively. He I don't think he beat an awful lot that day. I know Greenbuck was in that race who had won that nice three mile handicap and was the moral winner uh, of the Lanzarote. Um, but I don't think that the way the race went suited him suited Greenbuck. He did what he had to do. He stayed on very strongly. He he showed that he has got the stamina that. Uh, we all expected him to have. He's an absolute giant of a horse that sometimes shows very little respect to some hurdles, but sometimes he's very efficient over them. Um, the price is, is, for me, very short for a horse that's had a very tough race in a, in a heavy ground three-mile Haydock-graded uh, hurdle. Um, so I, I'm, that's my only slight worry of this. I thought they might save him for entry, um, which, for me, would have been logical for a horse that's uh, so large and awkward sometimes. That, that's not necessarily to Cheltenham's uh, advantage. Going to entry, better ground. Um, even though I, I don't think he, he required, well, he showed last time that he can win on heavy and he's won on good before. So not that the ground, but just a bit more time before his race. Uh, and as I, I like him, but I think this might be a little bit too much for him this early on he's quite clearly going to be a, a very nice chaser uh, judging by his size and scope so in a in a next year we could be talking about him as a possible RSA candidate but he, he heads the heads the market here with Ginto uh, who I mentioned was very very slow the other day I think that that's the right logical move Matt, is, Matt has Manella Kakuna got his only entry in the Albert Bartlett now yeah he is, so Lou's going to be crying over the crooner and the cocooner. Oh, what a terrible couple of days for Lewis Tomlinson's anti-post betting slips. Um, that sounded a bit sarcastic. It wasn't meant to be. Um, but this is, a, this is a tricky enough race. Santrus, I think, offers a little bit of value. Uh, beat Ivan uh, in a grade three at Clonmel last time, who was second to Manella Crooner uh, at Punchestown. Um but Chantreuse stayed on really strongly that day. That race has been won by previous winners uh, of this race. And I think that Henry de Bromhead Stables now just getting into gear. And 9-1 to one is, for me, for what he's shown so far, he's a, sh- he's a short enough price about him. But he's a likelier type to be more forward for me. Uh, and I think at 9-1, to one, may may just have a little bit of my each-way money. But I'd love Hillcrest to win. It's a race I'm a bit of a head-scratcher on at the minute um, and hoping that the price of Hillcrest will go out a little bit for a horse I've got a lot of time for. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. I think Hillcrest will win it. Do you, Matt? Uh, no, I, I, oh. no. I don't. And purely because I've turned into a bit of a trends boy and I've been looking at the trends recently and this is an absolute nightmare of a race for you know leading contenders. You know, Bar Monkfish winning in 2020 and Atfish's Cross in 2013. Well, Atfish's Cross was the only favourite in the last decade to win. You know, seven of the last ten winners have been at prices and big prices of that as well. If you remember Manella Indo, Kilbrook and Storm, very Wood. They're they're going off at of 33s and 50s. And I'm not saying I'm not going to I'm not going to tip up at 33s and 50s to one shot, but I wouldn't be surprised if there is a shock in this race. You know, it seemed like it's gone to one of those that's gone under the radar, but is progressing throughout the season, not within graded company. You know, Vanier had been well beaten in grade one company before winning this last year. And I just think 
for one, you might as well take a chance in this race with one under the ra- ra- radar because it can be a big field as well. You know, anything can happen. And I'm going with um, Bally Griffin Cottage to um, give Dan Skelton and Harry Hill and hopefully another Cheltenham Festival winner. You know, three-time point-to-point winner on ground, varying from good to yielding to yielding to soft. I thought it was a storming run behind Blazing Cow, who would have been one of the favourites for the race. Probably the favourite had he not suffered a setback earlier this year. And his win at Lingfield, he was still incredibly green and, you know, still getting the act together. But when he, when he did get himself sort of all, all geared up in the head, he, he did sort of motor away on, on heavier ground. And it was a far better win than the one and a half length suggests. I'd just be happy to sort of take a bit of a punt on it at 20 to 1, really. I think, you know, Jinto, to me, he's still, he looks slow. <laughs> I mean that in the nicest ways. He might gallop, you know, Jinto is, he's the one that sets the form standards. Hillcrest, again, I like the horse, I really do like the horse, but do I see this as being the test he wants at his stage of his career? Not really, even though he's a seven-year-old. Obviously, talked about Milena, Milena Kruner's out. Michaela Kukuna was a very good winner last time out, but the, the record of winning that grade one at Leopardstown and following up his, you know, it doesn't happen that much. And I think it speaks volumes about the race when you've got Bardistown Lad, who has won two Class 2 contests the last times, one of them only by a length on the old course, is, is an 8-1 to shot. You know, it's a, it's a very open race and it's going to be a grueling race and I, I think I'm happy to take a risk in the, this kind of race now with other ones and I'll uh, I'll nail my colours to the mast of Bally Griffin Cottage Oh you're all forgiven for not for not putting Hillcrest up with, with my boy Bally come on the big lad exactly come that, on the big that. Lad. you know I've, I've, I've backed him each way you know I, I couldn't not do I, I backed him after his after his rules debut you know I say if you listen to the, the podcast regularly I'm a Bally Griffin Cottage is, is a good mate of mine. Uh, know, know him personally and that. Uh, <laughs> so I'll be down there to cheer him on on the, on the Friday. Uh, oh, my head will go if he wins. If he wins here, Albert Bartlett. But I do think he's got a formidable opponent to beat in Hillcrest. <sighs> he's just proper good, isn't he? <laughs> he's just properly, properly good. He's not not put a foot wrong this season, you know. Even when he unseated, that wasn't his fault. He got absolutely taken out by a horse in front of him. Just steadily progressed, run to run. I know I, I I was a little bit against him prior to trials day because I thought he would be overbet because he'd beaten a hype horse in I Am Maximus. Maybe I Am Maximus is actually quite good because Get a Tonic's clearly not a mug who was third. And they were miles clear of her. Miles clear. And then to go the pace he did on the front end at Haydock, you know, they didn't crawl round that for a, for a, you know, a three mile novice hurdle on Haydock's slop in February. You'd, you'd think, oh, it's going to be steadily run. No, they went, they went a fair enough clip for it. And Hillcrest was on the sharp end of that. And they found more at the end of the race. Pulled clear from a useful rival in Crystal Glory. You know, Oh, he's 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 proper, isn't he? He he's absolutely proper, and because he's not been doing it in a sexy way, because he wears a hemming silks and he went to Haydock on Rendlesham Day, he he's probably still a bigger price than his form merits him to be. I mean, you you could kind of say that on one angle that 
he's a bigger price than it should be, kind of because of the route he's taken, and he's because he's got un unsexy connections. I guess if you could say that, you could possibly make the same case for Jinto, who you know was an unbeaten hurdler and won a Grade One last time. But I just think he's workmanlike, and the form of that. Uh, race at, at Nace I, I just don't think it's working out very well Grand Jury was battered at the Dublin Racing Festival Hollow Games is even slower than Jinto uh, I wouldn't surprise me if Hillcrest had kind of already achieved a bit more uh, looking further down the betting yeah I like Minella Pecuna I wouldn't be too worried about him winning that race you know good horses have gone there and been and won it and then ran well at the Charlton Festival, thinking of the likes of Commander of Fleet, who I think won that, and then only just got nabbed by Minella Rindo in a race that still absolutely haunts me. <laughs> uh, oh, Jim, imagine that. A nap, your nap of the festival getting beat by Maiden. Disgusting. Uh, Town lad. I can see in the case he'll st- he'll stay, and he's got got ability. And that's that's kind of half half the battle here. Uh, didn't really like the nice guy's hurdling debut, even though he he danced up. I thought he looked a, a bit idle when they were trying to get him going. And you know his main main market rival in Ramel is absolutely fluffed fluffed the last and left him clear. I think he'd definitely need to improve. Uh, I'd give Chantrez a, a shout, though, at nine. Don't think he's a poor horse. Won the race that, I think, Monkfish won at Clonmel prior to going on to win this. Or oh, was it Al- Alaho or Monkfish? A good horse won it. Let me double-check the boys who were, went on to win that. Yeah, Alaho won, won the race in 2019 before turning up and he's got quite a good record that for a great fit for Mel as well Chris's dream and Monoly the uh, the previous winners Don Polly took it as well and Cool Dean so it's, just, it's it's quite a good good little race for a midweek great fit at Clonmel it's, usually it's the race Milena Rindo was second in it as well mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah sorry that's what I'm thinking of yeah they beat Al beat him in that didn't they uh, and look he just he just looked a, a furrow for a stayer all stamina again the form isn't ridiculously impressive but the runner-up Ivan was fourth in a grade two at Limerick over Christmas and then ran second behind uh, Minella Crooner uh, in his maiden so it's not not completely muggy form and I can I, I could see Chantrus going well he's for a horse with proven graded form over the trip representing a big yard he's I say very much under the radar because he's not got He's not, you know, not representing a massive owner, and he's say done his winning at Cork and Clonmel. But this is going to be a good horse, Shantras. He'll be even better when he sees a fence next season. Uh, like Staghorn on the flat, probably needs to step up on his Warwick win. Falcon eight, probably priced on his flat form. Uh, Bally's got a chance. Bally's definitely got a chance of making the frame. He'll improve again, and he, he ran brilliantly around Cheltenham on his racecourse debut. So, you know, even though I'm biased, I, I can definitely see him making the frame at 20s, and I like that Matt's made a case, but I think Hillcrest will be tough to beat. Jim, your main selection, mate? 
Oh, we'll go Hillcrest, even though I, I, I don't think he'll enjoy it. Why not? Why not? Just because he's, he's going to be a future chaser. I just think that this race is... I, I, I don't... I, I think he's slow, but I don't think he's as slow as you need to be to win an Albert Bartlett. But no, it's changing though, is it not? The, the makeup of this race has been changing over the last few years. Last season's was a little bit of a reversion to time. I was going to say, because last year's winner is now going for the National Chase, which is over even further. Yeah, but that 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 was a little bit of a re- reversion to time. But if you were to have a look at the the first three in 2020, Monkfish latest exhibition Fury Road, with what? Time Hill 4th. 2019, Minella Rindo, Commander of Fleet, Alaho. You know, 20, if you go 2018 again, a little bit of a poor and you will. Santini couldn't beat Kilbrick and Storm in that. But if you go to 2017, Penhill, Monolly, Holstone, you know, that's high class, high class horses. It's not a as much of a slow box race as it used to be, I don't think. If you were to go, you know, go back to when the race was kind of introduced and you and you're going into like the late, the late noughties. You'd be you'd be hard pressed to, you know, first three in 2010, Bertie's Dream, Najaf and Kennel Hill. You know what I mean? Mm. The race is getting better and stronger, and uh, I don't think it's going to be as as much of a. Well, I don't think it is a, as much of a, a boaty affair as it used to be. Yeah, fair fair point. But um, I'd like Hillcrest to win, but I, I'm I'm cautious. And I'd like Bally to win, and so would Matt. Absolutely. Come on, the boy. Oh, I'm just even you say that, I'm just going to get so behind him. So behind him on the day. Uh, that'll be my Gold Cup, cheering him on. But the actual Gold Cup is at 3.30. And they currently bet for the biggest race of the season. Giant favourites now. Aplutar and Galvin, 7-2 to two apiece. 5-1 to one Minella Rindo. 8-1 to one Protectorate. 10's album photo. Alaho and Conflated aren't going, but Tornado Flyer is also 12's. 16's Chantry House. 20's Royal Pagai. 25's Asterium Falange. 33's Mount Ida. And you can get 50 to 1. Bar them, including Santini. Uh, Matt, I'll come to you first here. Who wins a Gold Cup? God, I'm going to be ballsy here. I think this is the nap of the meeting, and I think it's Galvin. Oh yes, the whole the nap of the meeting. I was doing Gold Cup trends today at work, which you can uh, view from seven at seven a.m. on Friday on the Racing Post app. Uh, we love to hear, love to hear, and just reading like the trends you want to know. He is almost bomb proof. I mean, he's the prime age. Eight-year-old is, is the age to be at. We know he stays. He's one on good to soft ground. He's one on heavy ground. He's won on the ground at the festival last year. His Cheltenham form is unbelievably good. In that type in a, in a Gold Cup, it, sometimes it won't be, you know, the, the real class act of the field, which we could argue that could be Aplutard. But that one who's got just that little bit of class alongside that real ability to stay. It's three miles, two and a half furlongs. I don't think Aplutard gets the trip at the, on new course, especially. If you look at his Cheltenham festival form previously, his best run... Arguably, the festival came in the listed novice handicap chase. Obviously, after the Gold Cup, in terms of prestige, but in terms of winning, he won the novice handicap chase on the old course, where it's more 
of a speed test, and we know he's got a lot of speed over three miles. Galvin will just battle for you. He, you know, he's not going to let you down. His win last time was, you know, I think Akutard ran ran well, but I don't think he was an unlucky loser, if that makes sense. I see Galvin in this mould of he's probably better than Manila Rindo, and he's just exactly what you want to have on your side when you're when you're coming into a Gold Cup. I can't really find any flaws in his armour. You know, he's also got a lot of chasing experience. You know, he was a second season novice last season, so it's not like he's uh, going to make any novice novice mistakes that we saw Champ or someone do do last year. So I'm firmly in the camp of Galvin. I'm struggling to think of when I fancied a Gold Cup runner this this much. Essentially, I'm, I'm really, really in his camp. Afritard and Minerva doing a grueling race last year. Are they are they are they really back to where they are? Apitard obviously is, but is he really going to stay the hill? Stay up the hill again? I have my doubts. And you know, Minerva Indo, everyone was saying it was a it was a fine run last time, but if just bringing back up his bringing back up his form table, he's beaten six and a half lengths. When he finished fourth in the Irish Gold Cup last year, he was beaten six and three quarter lengths. So there's only you know a quarter of a length improvement on that from what was also a stinker in the, in the King George and not the greatest run in the, the Down Royal Champion chase. So I've just had my reservations about Milena Rindo and I'm, I'm going to kick myself if he wins because I always seem to not tip him when he wins and seem to tip him when he loses and it's getting on my nerves, big style. Our Arvin photo, odds are stacked against him really as a 10-year-old and is he really good enough anymore? Who knows? I think he needs to do more than what he did at Tremor. Obviously, he does. And I just can't have this talk around Protector at either. I know some people said that the form of his many clouds chase on soft ground, which I don't think he'll get next week, looking at the tropical temperatures Jelton were being forecast at some of the days. You know, he beat Native River by 25 lengths, who is now having a well, well-deserved retirement, but pulled up in, the Scottish, in a Welsh Grand National, pardon me. Sam Brown was then third, and I know he's ran okay since, but God, you're making someone a, a horse that's eight to one shot because he's the horse that finished third is pulled up in the Grand National trial afterwards. It's just not for me. Protectorate's not for me, and and for for all those reasons, I'm I'm firmly firmly in the Galvin camp. Oh, we love a strong opinion. We love a strong opinion. I will happily on the old cup. I will happily die on my sword if he's pulled up. Nine fences in. No, I like it, mate. And look, it's, everything you've said makes sense. Jimmy, you're making it two out of two for Galvin. Sure, um, I, I, Matt's made the perfect case and basically summed up everything I've said. Um, we saw him win the National Hunt Chase. He's a horse I've not necessarily got right, right many times. Um, I remember when he bumped into Imperial Aura uh, in the the novice handicap, and I, I thought he was a certainty that day, and he obviously bumped into Imperial Aura, who was, who was clearly on the upgrade, and a horse I've never really got hold of either. Um, and last year, the amount of people that really fancied him to win that National Hunt chase, and I just couldn't see him staying that strongly. I, I always had him down as a 2-mile-4, 2-mile-5, maybe it might be at the max, and then he won, a, won the 3-mile novice chase at Cheltenham in October 
put away ready for that national chase and he's stayed on so strongly and this season he's been the complete different um we've seen him or seen him um win an out battle at Plutar last time in that Savile's chase um and his stamina is really what kicked in and that's what I think he's his his main positive here he's probably going to do the same to Plutar. um I pigeonholed him fairly early on as well for a horse that that wants good ground. Maybe that's because of his bumper form um, a long, long time back. And even going into uh, last season's National Chase, I, I was sure that he wanted better ground. Um, but he's proved that he can run decent races on, on softer softer conditions. I wouldn't want it heavy, but like Matt said, it's not looking like it's going to be um, a, a very rainy week, uh, almost tropical, as he said. And I, I think Galvin is almost bomb-proof as well at 7-2. You know what you're going to get for him. In comparison to a horse where you've got stamina doubts, uh, you've got one that's, is he really the same horse as is he is last year? Protector at really isn't, for me, is absolutely, I, I wouldn't even want him at double his price at the minute. Um, Album photo, horses of his age don't tend to win this. The last time we saw that was in 1998 with Cool Dawn. Um, but he's a horse I wouldn't be surprised would run a decent race obviously given his normal prep at Tremor, uh on New Year's Day in, in the Savills chase um, but he didn't run awfully that bad last year in the Gold Cup um, he just got a little bit outpaced it'll be interesting to see where the pace comes from this year and, and what's going to go forward because I, I really can't get my head round what is because in previous years you've had Native Rivers pushing the tempo along uh I, I, I don't really see much pace in the race, which could leave the race open to Tornado Flyer. Um, I know that there's a few stamina doubts about him, and we saw him tackle three miles for the second time in the King George last time, which the form of that is, I've got some huge question mark over the top of it. Um, but he stayed on pretty strongly. He stayed stronger than I thought, and he was every race he's run at the festival especially behind Alaho in the Ryanair last year. He was staying on strongly and he couldn't, couldn't keep up early on. Now, if there's a, if there's a slow, this further trip and slower tempo could possibly ease, ease him into this race. And I'm surprised he's not a little bit shorter than 12 to 1 for me. Um, but like Matt said, I think Galvin's almost bomb-proof. And I can't believe that... Um, I, I swear he was 4 to 1 early on in the day and I should have hoovered that up. Um, but I agree. Galvin is is has got the best chance in this race. I like it, mate. I like it. Do you want me to hear my my scumbag theory? Go on. Especially out of the both seven to two, and this is literally what I've done. I think there are only two horses capable of winning the Cheltenham Gold Cup. I've battled them both, Galvin and Aplutar. One of them will win. I um, I. Oh, filthy, oh, it's filthy evil, man! It? It's evil. Oh, it's disgusting. But I, I think I do not see anything else winning the gold cup apart apart from the pair of them. And if if I could have five to two on one of them winning, I go that's the price of the century in it. Uh, look, you you've made fine cases for Galvin, and I can't add anything more that people don't already know. So. I'll get in after Mutar's camp here and, and talk about my case for why I think he's a stellar Gold Cup candidate. Obviously, beating what three lengths in the race last year. Well, no, it wasn't even three lengths. A length and a quarter in my head, it was by further. Uh, I don't think he was getting to Manella Rindo. 
Minerva don't jump the last last two better than he did. And and that, that helped him winning. But look, he, he travelled like such a good horse. He's such a good horse. He's quicker than Galvin. We, we know that. And he's still learning his trade as a staying chaser. You know, when he won the Savills last Christmas, that was his first run over three miles. He looked so, so, so good in the Betfair. And I know, you know, you might say that form has taken a few knocks. But he tanked into it. Tanked into it. And he's just got such a rare blend of, of speed and stamina. And I I think Rachel will want this season Savills back. If you know what I mean. I, look, I'm a, I'm a massive Galvin fan. I, I love staying chasers. That's you know that that's what I'm in, I'm in the game for, and he's every inch the sort of old fashioned horse that I adore. But I don't think he's shaped like the best horse in the in the Savills. I thought Aplutar looked better. You know, as he turned for home, Galvin is what five lengths up. On Aplutar, just before they turn for home, sorry. Galvin's five lengths up on Aplutar, scrubbed along. Aplutar makes the ground up on the bridle in such a short space of time and then goes ahead. And then, you know, he almost, I know it's the old cliche, but he does almost get in front too soon. If, if that energy is expended at the time where it doesn't give Galvin a chance to get back up and bring his stamina into play, I think I think Rachel will, will want that back, and I bet she'd have gone home kicking herself after that. Not like it was a it was a bad ride, but just kind of the, the way the circumstances uh, presented themselves, just kind of well, getting Galvin chance to get back up if she waits half a second more. I think Aplutar is the winner of that race, and I I don't think he's look he's finished he's finished a length and a quarter second in a in a Gold Cup. He might not be as strong as well. He isn't as strong a stayer as Galvin, but I think it's. Bold to say a horse who 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 finishes a length and a quarter second in a Gold Cup doesn't stay. Uh, he wasn't really coming coming back to the third, was he last season? Uh, so yeah, I'm 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 in his camp, and I think that there's a only him and Galvin can win the race. And as as you said, Galvin for a stayer improved so much this season. Likeable, tries hard. It's a it's a bit of a might bite versus native river, isn't it? In terms of the quality these horses possess, but their different strengths, and that's what makes it so fascinating. Look, Minella Window's just not been very good this season for me, and I know some people were thinking along the lines that his second in an Irish Gold Cup last time was a return to form. That was a strange race, anyway. I don't think it means you know. I think the Savills is a much more solid piece of form. Uh, and if you were to tell me anyway, last you know this time last year, like the Gold Cup winner getting beat by a horse who on his previous start had won a Navan handicap of one four five as a return to form, you, you know you, you'd be like you'd be pissing yourself laughing. Conflict is obviously an improved performer, but you know it just wouldn't compute in anyone's head even. Three months ago, Minella Rindo will return to form, but will get beaten six lengths by Conflated at the same time. You go, what? What are you on about? You know, Janadilla Syrian for lunging behind. It's just a bit. It's a bit meh, isn't it? And I, I, I get he's likely to run his best race of the season at Cheltenham, but Galvin and Apple Tower have just both been. 
both been better this year than the point and a half difference between them suggests. And it wasn't as if Manila Indo was massively superior to Aplutar last season. So yeah, look, I, I can kind of I can see him winning it, and he's a right third favourite. But he's not a betting proposition, and I think there should be more more between him and the top two in the betting. Like I say, I just think Aplutar and Galvin are miles clear of everything else at the minute. Protectorate is a shocking price at eight to one. Like Matt said, beat a load of handicappers and retired horses. Uh, bad ground at Aintree. I can't believe he's a shot of price an album photo who is just likely to run his race and that might make him finish third again. Uh, Tornado Flyer, I buy that he's got to be an improved horse up in trip. He kind of hinted at that a couple of times when he was spending his life running around two and a half miles. So I'm not I'm not mega against Tornado Flyer. If someone wants to back him at the prices, I wouldn't call them a, a mentalist as I would with Protectorate. Uh, but he, he does need to he does need to step forward again from the King George in the King George which is looking quite weak now is it not Clan's not done anything for the form St Calvados neither folded and lost are going to be in handicaps at, at Cheltenham it, it, it was probably quite a winnable King George for a horse who has taken a good step forward for the trip to me he'll need to improve another half stone to get past Galvin and Aplutar. Uh, Chantry Hound. The only way he'll win is if... <laughs> the only way he'll win is if some sort of turn of events happens, like the episode of The Simpsons where Mr Burns hires a softball team. And, you know, if, if Galvin falls down the mystery spot and uh, Aplutar doesn't trim his sideburns, then Chantry House is the only man left. That's the only way he'll win. Uh, very you know, similar to his very similar to his win last year at Cheltenham. Then, yeah, yeah, it was. Maybe he's got some sort of I don't know Egyptian curse on everyone. Or something <laughs> like that. There must be some. There must be some reason as to why a horse can consistently be so minging and yet win as much as he does. Uh, but yeah, look, for, that, he, he, for that reason, I think he could run into a place. <laughs> oh no 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 that's, dis- that's disgusting disgusting to even suggest uh, it just uh, look for the thing the thing with me about Chandra House again is I don't think he has ever actually had to run above 155 to win anything uh, and he was so bad at Cheltenham last time I know he won the Cotswold but he was so bad for all of that race and you know imagine winning the Cotswold chase and then drifting in the market that's what happened uh, no really not for me and I hope well I, I'm not going to I can't get too too against him this time because he's 16 to 1 and not a silly price as he was in the King George but absolutely no chance he wins that who uh, reckons Santini will reverse the form with him I I agree. And that's something I never thought I'd say. I, 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 thought, I actually I thought, agree. I thought Santini ran a pretty decent race last time. I mean, he's going to be absolutely nowhere here. Um, let's let's be honest. But I thought he ran more creditably last time. I didn't think he ran too badly behind Commodore in that handicap. Um, but Shame, well. Yeah. And he obviously takes a, a long time to, to the boil, looking like a Highland cow most of the time. Um, but 
uh, I, I reckon if there's a Santini and and Chantry House match bet, I, I'd be siding Santini, and I think I'd get a decent price on that, to be fair. I like that, mate. I might look for that as well, because it'd give me something something to cheer for, uh, <laughs> away from my... I don't, I don't really... Yeah, it, I, it's so scumbaggy that I'm not even enthusiastic about it, because it's just a disgraceful bet, isn't it? But having the pair of them at five to two, I think is quite a quite a clever little uh, a clever little plan. I might even back I right to turn the form around with Chantry House again. That's just out of pure spite. But I dare uh, I dare say, just looking at the field, I reckon I right and action Santini's been ridden handy this year. I reckon it'll be those two that try and force at least some form of pace for as long yeah. as they can in the race. That's my thinking as well, Matt. I, I think because nothing's going to go forward. I think that <laughs> Slotini will probably set the tempo. You can, you know what? You, you can see him being scrubbed along a long way, but then making further progress up the running. I, I can't believe we're talking no, ourselves no, saying no. nice things about Santini in the Gold Cup. He's not going to win it, is he? <laughs> He's not going to win it, but there are silly of 50s each way shots. Get in uh, the bin. In the race, man, I think a lot of them have holes in apart from the top two. I think Santini's a better bet than the vast majority of the field. Oh, no. Right. <laughs> Wrap this up, son. Oh, yeah. Uh, Matt and Jim, both confidently with Galvin. I find it hard to have a really strong opinion. Come on, it's a put your neck on the line. It's the pinnacle of the, of the week. Raise, jumps raise as a whole. You need to do it. Can't I just lay Shanty House? No. <laughs> pathetic. Well, speaking of... <laughs> oh, fuck it. Uh, uh, Apple to go cup. There we go. At least you've nailed the colours of the mark there. We're proud of you. It's funny as you're both saying that, but you're going to go and back Apple Tower as well. Oh, so, yes. You know, my, my, my clever little plan. No, because I don't want to lose anything. No, no, I think I am once again a horse racing genius. Got the game by the balls, apart from backing Manila Kuna and Manila Kuna. Uh, <laughs> the Fox Hunter Chase. No, just the Hunter Chase now. It's He's just the, the St. James's Place Festival Challenge Cup Open Hunters Chase. <coughs> Christ, just... it won't even mean said it and it made me cough. <laughs> Just so, just so turf talk doesn't get any controversy. Con- controversy, not controversy. He's talking. We've got Steve McLaren on the podcast this week. <laughs> <laughs> Bill away is eleven to four to beat winged leader, who's five to two. Bob and Co is fifteen to two. Tens Ponteven, fourteen to Dubai Quest and Shantu Flyer. Sixteens for Cat Tiger, cousin Pascal. Fume Doodery, Highway Jewel, Jet, Late Night Pass, Premier Magic and Vorselet. Oh, my days. It's been a long, long, long day, Jim. Uh, do you have a strong opinion in the Hunter Chase? Not at all. Bill away can't jump. Um, and we'll more than likely plough through two or three uh, fences. And we're all David Maxwell, aren't we? Yeah. There's, there's nothing that I've said. I said this on probably nearly every day that he's got a runner. 
there will be no more satisfaction than him winning a race. Like, if he wins a Bob Bob and Court, I will absolutely lose my mind. Jim, am I allowed to tell you something nice? Go on. The top three rated in the race by my good employers at time form are the three David Maxwell horses. Well, we Cat Tiger, Shantou, Flair, and Bob and Co. was a free top rated. N- need I say any more? He needs to find a machine which, which duplicate himself. Duplicate? I said that really weird. Um, but <laughs> Bob, and, Bob and Co. Um, was second. Oh, imagine, to... imagine David Maxwell getting beaten by his own clone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, ran behind uh, cousin Pascal last time. Uh, didn't jump necessarily too fluently, um, but cousin Pascal, of course, he'd um, won the Aintree Fox Hunters last year. Um, so he was wasn't beaten by no mug. That'll have probably set him straight. He, he also got beat um, by a lot of gold. Um, however, I, 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 I genuinely, it's a race I'm. I'm about as enthusiastic about it as the Mayor's Chase, um, but I just want David Maxwell to win all. Fair enough, mate. Any betting for you in this, Matt? Oh, no. I, I've written down earlier, no no idea at all. Well, in fact, words were no effing clue. Um, God, it'd be nice to see Tom, the, the Tom Ellis Yard and whoever Gina Andrews brides have, uh, have, have the winner, because Gina's one of the best jockeys, I think, Bell, especially the best amateur jockeys out there. Um, but he, you're right in saying Bob and Co. He's run, he was running well in the race last year as well when he just sort of, I can't remember which, which fence he was, he absolutely butchered, but he butchered one of them and, and sent up Sean Bowen. You know, no chance at all. I think it was the, the, the three outs so down the hill, which captures so many people out. Um, you're right with Bill away. He's just, he's just a horse I've never really liked. I don't know, it's probably that harsh, but he's just one of them. He just doesn't doesn't pick you up as one of them you're going to like. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe for Bob and Co. Just a, just a shout out for a few mate Duderies if he goes as well. I know I know someone who's a part of the partnership, the, the dudes partnership, and I, I hope he runs well for them. But not really a betting race for me. I just hope uh, Bob and Co. does it for Maxwell. <laughs> I wasn't getting emotional then. I was just sneezing, but. <laughs> It'll be emotional if D-Max does the job. Um, does the job then? I hope he gives it the big one as he crosses the line as well. Like fully stood up, way, uh, whip waving in the air. From yeah. yeah, giving it the big one. I'd love it. Fair enough, mate. You know, I can I can see that. Look, I've I agree with everything you said about Bill away. Is that his horse? I've never taken to. He doesn't jump well. He doesn't go about things in a particularly pleasant pleasant manner, but I backed him at 6-1 to one, uh, in January, and I'm quite happy with that as a bet, because he's probably, well, he's just, he's just probably going to go well again, isn't he? He's just better than most of these. And despite doing what he does wrong, he's probably unlucky not to have, not to have won the race yet. I think... What in twenty in twenty twenty, Patrick probably probably uh, went too late with him, and last season Paul went went a bit too quick with him. So he's got very little to prove away from the fact that you know 
I mean, he, say he's not a very fluent jumper, but that's still been good enough to see him go close enough in the last two runnings. Uh, I think six to one is is you know I'm sitting on a nice enough price there to say he's eleven to four now. Obviously, the horse he beat at Nace last time, goodbye Sam, got turned over at what fives on today or something daft like that. Uh, but he's a horse who tends to come on from his reappearance, so I wouldn't read loads into the form of him getting beaten by winged leader, who's a second favourite for this uh, on his comeback. He's got a chance, to be fair. We all love the Maxwell horses, and hopefully whichever one Dave gets on uh, will go well and give him a chance. I'm glad you've mentioned Dubai Quest, who's prolific pointer, won both recent starts under rules. And maybe at a little bit of a price, because I do like my Hunter Chasers. Obviously, David Christie has winged, winged leader, so I'm not sure whether they'll, both, whether they'll run, run both. But Vorselet, uh ended last season on a high, won at uh, down uh, Royal and at Stratford, he says as he chokes. Uh, then again at Fairy House, didn't run too badly on Boxing Day. When last seen under rules, uh, got beat by Dawkins Cock, who, you know, is a, a young horse, really, for a hunter chaser. And probably has more to come in that sphere. So, I'm 25 to 1, maybe. That's not the silliest each way price, but I'm happy enough with Bill away, and I think he's a likely winner. Fair point. Moving on, then, boys, to the penultimate race of the Cheltenham Festival. It is the Mrs. Paddy Power. Mare's Chase, and they currently bet for it. Ellie May 5-2, joint favourite with Mount Ida, 4-1 Concertista. Livier the Tell and the Glancing Queen likely to go elsewhere. 10 Zambella, 12 Gin Online. Put the kettle on, goes in the Champion Chase. 16 Scarlet and Dove and Vienna Court. 33-1 bar them, I'll throw this to James Watson first, please. Do you have to? Um, sorry. Um, it's not a race that I'm overly enthusiastic about. We saw Ellie May um, narrowly denied by Paul Reevy last season and with, they pulled a fair distance away from Shattered Love um, she's been she was disappointed at entry in that race and apparently didn't travel very well and, and was quite slow at a few jumps was beat by Ma- Mount Ida uh, when Mount Ida was giving her weight that day um, and she won over two miles in the Opera Hat last time um, and she, I think she brings. You look at look at her form, and it always peaks around the, the springtime. And, and she's obviously got a, a chance. Um, and I'm I'm not overly enthusiastic about an awful lot, but she's been there, done it, uh, and I think she'll go very close. And, and the price represents that. Uh, I mentioned Mount Ida, who's also five to two. Um, she beat Ellie May last time they they faced and. Uh, stayed on strongly. I think a, a well-run race will suit her more. I think she's got a lot more stamina than Ellie May. Uh, she has the national entry, which is w- would interest me. We saw her stay on very strongly in the Kimio from being an uncompromising position last year. Uh, Concertista. Concertista could be interesting in this. We, she's very inexperienced over fences. But we know what she sort of was over hurdles, and in, and in Maiden, in uh, Mare's hurdles, she sort of stood her own, and we saw her finish second to Black Tears, um, and Roxana was in behind, and and she won the Mare's Novice uh, the year before. So she brings 
somewhat of an interesting angle and, and is unexposed over fences. Uh, and four to one, I don't think it's an unfair price about it. Uh, it it's a race I'm, I'm it, this is a race I'm least enthusiastic about. Uh, I know I just slagged off the, the Hunter Chase, but that's got the Maxwell angle. Um, but the, this Mare's Chase, I really couldn't care less for. And, and Matt mentioned pre-recording, it won't look out of place on a on a Tuesday at Leicester, for example. Um, but very marginally, Ellie May for me, and uh, nothing special though. Fair enough, Jim. I can look. She's she's got an obvious chance, hasn't she? Matt, are you with Ellie May to go one better as well, mate? Oh, do you know what? Um, first of all, I think it's absolutely hilarious that you've got a race at the Cheltenham Fast Festival going now. That the reaction is not again, and I think that shows all we need to know about the the talk of the fifth day. But we'll leave that one firmly in the past. I'm still scarred from last year with Ellie May. Um, <laughs> it's still whirring around in my head, and it's the it's the balance between. Does she just not turn up on a big day when she's required to, or did she bump into a Grade One horse in in Colreavy? And I think we we found out that she did, but I also think it was mixed. She she sort of disappoints you when you when you really really need it. Um, I think the problem in this is Fighter Two is going to be as big as she gets because Mount Ida. I I can't remember where it was, but aren't they going to the Gold Cup with her? I thought they were coming here and then the national. I, I thought mares would be in the plan. It'd be better if it's the mares and the national. But I had someone that she might be going to the gold cup, but I don't want to be sort of quoted, quoted on that. But we'll see. The problem is that you, you, a few a few of the other rivals aren't going to turn up, are they? You know, we don't know where Constantine is going at the minute. She could be going back to the mares hurdle, even though this would be more winnable, despite how how bad the mares hurdle is itself this year. Riviera Tell's obviously going for the Arkle. Guys and Queens going for the for the for the play on the Thursday, and I just think you could have it again, have a little bit of a play in this one, and and one towards the sort of the sixteen to one mark. Who I'll probably have an each way squeak on is uh, Vienna Court of uh, Nigel Twiston Davies is a runner. Um, Huntington didn't really suit her last time; she was just sort of taken off her feet a bit too too quickly over two. Two two miles four on a flat surface, and you know she's she's been in terrific form this season really, and her two wins have come over the course and distance that she's going to face in the mare's chase, including in a pretty good handicap chase on New Year's Day, eight day at the track. Um, obviously down the field that day was Fernandbill de Savola, and we know what he's gone on to to achieve that achieve since. I just think it's one of those races, isn't it? You might you might end up having with, with, with what might be a lack of runners. You might end up having a really strong favourite, and it and it might just be one where someone with, with a progressive mare with her profile, maybe not the classes, can can pick up some of the pieces. Um, so yeah, I'll be I'll be siding with her each way to put it up to to Ellie May and, and Co. Whoever whoever turn up on the day. Uh, I think I'm going to be with Concertista, here, lads. You know. Obviously, cracking Cheltenham record, two seconds in a win, only just caught in the mare's hurdle last season. And look, she's not been asked to do loads in winning a, a brace and mare's grades twos as a chaser. But the price at four to one has just gotten big enough now for me to kind of think she's the one with the most potential to improve past season. She was 
clearly the best of these over hurdles and probably would have been a borderline grade one performer in open company anyway last season. Uh, it's, look, it's not a strongly held opinion and I don't think you can make much of a case for any of the outsiders as much much as I like the likes of Vienna Court and Seagal and Dove more handicappers, aren't they? Do you know Lima would be fascinating should she turn up? Uh, Mount Ida, I'm not sure whether she's quick enough. Uh, I'd consider Ellie May the right favourite, and if I had to back one of the top two, it'd be her. I just think Concertista's now just got, you know, she was nine to four twos a couple of months ago. Double that price, having not done anything wrong. Uh, she's the one who stands out to me. In a race, yeah, I'm not enthusiastic about either. Mm-hmm. Moving swiftly on then, boys, to the closer of the Cheltenham Festival. It is the Martin Pipe Handicap Hurdle, and they bet 5-1 to one Langerdam and Stateman. At the top of the betting, eight Chemical Energy and Hollow Games, 10's adamantly chosen, good risk at all goes Coral Cup. St Felicia and his 10's, 12's deploy the getaway. 14s, Art Hill, Queensbrook, Winter Frog, 16s, bar them. Matt, I'll let you kick off with this one, mate. Anything in the Martin Pipe? Uh, again, you, you can't really know about it until what, what, what goes on with the, uh, the old Coral Cup, can you? But the, the question I wanted to ask is, Langer down at 5-1 to one is, you know, off a, off a disruptive preparation is a bit criminal, really. Um, he should be double the price at this stage. Again, as you said earlier on with the, the, the county, we don't know anything at all about State Man. Um, he could be that Willie Mullins lurker in there that we saw last year with a GDC, as we're going to start calling from now on, because I can't be bothered to pronounce Galapon de Champ every time. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's a tricky old race, really. I, I, I quite like to see deploy the getaway be one of Mullins' leading contenders in this race. You know, I thought he ran really well behind Slip of the Tongue last time around, the aforementioned Slip of the Tongue, and it's just getting better with racing. I, you know, you look at the replay of the last, that race, you could have said easily that Deploy the Getaway could have, could have been the winner had he not had suffered a lot of interference and that brings to different topic about our interference rules in, in, in these two countries, but we'll diverge away from that. I just think he's a progressive sort of horse, really, but as you're saying, it's, it's, it's an absolute sort of lottery at this stage. You know, I like Camprond, but he'll probably go to the Coral Cup, you'd hope. Um, and if he gets, if he goes here instead, then winner, winner, or however you might see it. It's a it's a completely tough one to go at the minute. I just would I'd, I'd be against Langer Dan. You know, you'd have expected him to show more, despite being off the track for 340 days in that race at Taunton last time. I know it's maybe a bit short of optimum. And yeah, he'd come back from from a break before with a poor run and then got a bit better, but. But I'd be going along the lines of, of, of deploy the getaway. I think it's interesting that Gordon's sending Holler Games here. You know, what, what do you make of that? Obviously, the people was ranting and raving about at the start of the season. He's been a Grade One before, and he's, he's not run badly in them since. And now they're, they're going for the handicap. I just think they get done for pace. I don't I, think he's on a bad mark. Uh, that's, that's what I'm sort of leaning as well, towards as well. You know, he, he looks slow behind Jinto. In the, in the nace race, 
and Jinto's not the quickest. Yeah, I, 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 I definitely think he's a, he's better than a one four three horse, but I'm just just not sure I like him over two and a half miles in in a race where there'll be other unexposed types, most of whom will probably be speedier than he is. Uh, Jim, do you have a pick for the Martin Pipe yet? Uh, well, I've been waiting of all four days of these podcasts to finally speak about State Man, um, and the market's quite clearly not missed him. Um, he's just gone to 92 on odds checker across the board. It's quite clearly you've got to be uh, a novice trained in Ireland to uh, have a great great chance in this. Matt, Matt mentioned D- GDC last year, blow by blow, Kittle to Vic, Don Pauly going back that far. Um, and he's a horse who I think uh, will enjoy the step up in trip. We saw him um, run an absolute cracker in France uh, back in 2020 behind Bustleton. We've seen he's gone on to, to better better things and um, gone chasing this season. Um, of course, he, disappointing, he, he fell um, when probably going to win that Leopardstown race. He absolutely hacked up uh, in that maiden hurdle at Limerick. A mark of 141 could could well be beyond, uh, be absolute nothing to him. We saw Richie Deegan riding last time, and he will more than likely ride if he was to go here. I think I've been reading. Um, and five to one, the market certainly not missed him. He could be absolute anything and chucked in off a mark of one four one. Uh, one at a bit bigger price um, is my tie. I, I think this is his only entry of the week. He's always suggested that. A step up in trip is what he wanted. Even in his his bumper form behind good risk at all, and I like to move it that time. He was under pressure a long way out, and he plodded on to finish fifth in that. He ran over two mile two on heavy ground at Newton Abbott, um, and he he won that pretty cosily. And I was so confident into him going into that that Sandown race with Constitution Hill. I talked about it the other day on the day one preview, and he absolutely got battered by him. Um, again, at, at Haydock in the Rossington main, I just think he got a little bit outpaced, and he made the made an error three out at the wrong time, uh, and that wasn't possibly ideal for him. He plodded on in the end for Richmond Lake. I've talked about the form of Nell Sonning behind, who's won that grade two at Kelso, um, and sixteen to one might be a little bit uh, overpriced for for a horse who's. I think the step up in trip will certainly bring out a little bit more improvement in him. Uh, and I, 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 I can't believe he's 16 to 1. I thought it'd be a little bit shorter than that. Uh, however, I, I think State Man has, has the most clear chance, but he's, he's certainly the each way value for me. Yeah, fair enough. State Man, just let's say, could be absolutely anything, could be £10 ahead of his mark. Uh, but I'm happy enough to go and watch him win, give him a base in it off, off one run. And the fact that he is such a short price. Adamantly chosen as a horse I've kind of had in mind for this race for a while, well enough found in the market. But you can, you know, the case for him is pretty obvious. Placing a couple of maiden hurdles, absolutely danced up at short odds last last time out. Looks like he wants this sort of trip, so, you know, he's, he's... Case is, is fairly obvious to be fair, only narrowly beaten as well on his first two starts in novice hurdles. Uh, again, the, the, they're all going to be similar types that you'd mentioned. Deploy the getaway, who Matt said is a horse. Another one would be on my on my shortlist, beaten by Slip of the Tongue, who I like 
for the county hurdle last time out, and again, looks like he'll want this sort of trip. One who just kind of caught my eye at a, a little bit of a bigger price, and maybe it's absolute clown behaviour uh, from me to even maybe suggest a British horse can go and win this. But Bullport's been running really well this season, and he was progressive last year, and he's got a good relationship with Jordan Naylor. It's his only Cheltenham Festival entry. He definitely gets in. Won the EBF final last season. You know, runner-up uh, behind Green Book in the Heroes Handicap at Sandown last time. Up to 1-4-2. Again, he's, he's dead, dead, dead solid. And he's not the sort of, you know, sexy novice horse thrown in here that the market tends to love for a race like this. But, you know, it can get run by indefatigable types. And, and Bowport's very much of of that ilk, if not a slightly improved version. Uh, I'm shocked he's 20s, especially when we know definitely coming here in form and thrives in this sort of event. I mean, I get a lot of a lot of slagging for a lot of Colin Tizard's propaganda, but soon the Nigel Twisted Davies propaganda for you is going to have to come out soon. Uh, how many how many handicap winners is he going to have this week? Oh, I don't know. Like again, I'm I'm like with Matt. Look, I don't think unless you are dead, dead keen on one for the Martin Pipe, and it's you know odds on that they come here. Like it is for adamantly chosen. I find it tough to have a a massive view until I see the final field. But Bowport was one that stuck out to me. Is definitely runs here, definitely gets in, and has things in his favour and he's in in form. So I thought he was slightly overpriced at twenty to one. Ireland will probably win this, you know, you could just look through look through who they've got in here, likes of Indigo Breeze, IA Connect, Bambridge, you know, the Goffer, they are all these sort of second tier novices all having a go. That's why I quite like the Martin Pike. People call it just a Coral Cup consolation race, but I think it kinda of gets a different a different sort of horse in it. Uh and that's why I do enjoy it even if I find it very, very tricky. My eyes are another one I have in mind, Jim, for a Eddie Hunt Festival handicap he turns up. Is this the only one now? Because he was entered for a couple of a few. Well, been he was entered for a few early. Taken out the Coral Cup on Wednesday, or Thursday, sorry, I think. Yeah. Oh, good. So if he's been taken out, then yeah, my I'd be another one I'd definitely have on the shortlist as well, mate. Uh, yeah, pretty much that Brawson as well, if he gets in, although it looks like they're preferring the attempts. He's a, probably going to be a well handicapped horse. I find it tough to have a. Martin Pipe selection yet. Do you have one, Matt? If you were to pick uh, the one, it's a bit of a Willie Mullins sort of guessing game, and I'd probably go with the deploy the guess away if he goes here. I would like to see you know the winner of this race, just like Gallop and Deshaun, Kilovic, Don Poli, all that lot, go on to win at the top level. Because I think it's just quite a, just sort of quite interesting caveat to the race. So, so yeah, but it's uh. <laughs> Ever since they moved the Martin Pipe to the uh, end race, it's a, it's a hell of a guessing game to try and win some money back on the final race. Of the, uh, yeah, very race. much so. And for you, Jim? All aboard, State Man. This is the race he's running in. I know these things. Ha! <laughs> I love it, mate. I love it. Our final then, Cheltenham Festival map comp for this season. We'll start with Mr. Jim Watson.
The nap. I'm probably going to be a double napping here overall. Uh, we'll come in the Gold Cup with Galvin. My next best will come in the... Uh, let's put it in the county. Colonel Mustard, I think he's very well handicapped. And my third best will be Verbon in the Triumph. Fair enough, mate. And for you, Matt? Uh, absolutely lump job on Galvin as my nap. Uh, next best, I will go, and again, it's all aboard the Twist and Davies gravy train. I like to move it in the county. And third best, I'll go for Vienna Court each way in the Mayor's Chase, just to spice up a little bit of, of price. We like that, mate. We like that. I might be sharing one of those. My nap is going to be Billaway. Oh, 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 my word. That's almost as bad as saying I'm back both of the two favourites in the Gold Cup. It's just, I just think you'll win it, mate, and there's not much else. I like my next best will be Hillcrest, who Jim doesn't even want to run. Uh, <laughs> oh. And my third best will be uh, I like to move it each way in the county hurdle. Uh, Matt, before we go, before we wrap things up for this festival, who are your main fancies for the rest of the meeting? Cool. That's a, good, that's a great old question. Um, I think Florin Port has got an outstanding chance in the stayers. Um, it doesn't look like it's, it's, it's still just a bit of a juggling game at the moment. And I really hope Edward Stone can do the business in the Arkle and try and hopefully make it 2-0 to the Brits on the day and wherever Sir Gerhard turns up he wins Fair enough mate, fair enough I like that, always a pleasure having having you on with us mate, part of the furniture on the shambles of a podcast now How, how, how lovely, how welcoming <laughs> uh, Jim, you're, you run the Ikea of this furniture of this podcast Oh. oh, thanks. Thanks a lot. And you're the, the man who shouts over the tannoy about the kids gone missing in the ball pit in the, the where am I going with this? It's, a, it's been a long couple of days. There, Jimbo. I think, I think we've all had enough. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> thanks to everyone for, for putting up with us and tuning in honestly your support still means the world to everyone it's absolutely insane that from where this has started to where it to where it finishes and uh, we love racing we'll talk about it and we, we love uh, interacting with everyone so thanks thanks so much for all your support uh, thanks to James and Matt thanks to everyone who, who's been getting behind us and we'll speak to you all again after the festival lots of winners hopefully take care See you soon. Stay safe and have plenty of winners.